Hey everybody, this is Gene Martz and welcome to the Paychecks Business Series podcast. As you know, I write for a bunch of different places, uh, including The Guardian and The Hill. And today we have a very special guest. The administrator, the chief of the Small Business Administration, uh, Isabel Guzman. Uh, Isabel is, uh, or Administrator Guzman, is a uh, you know, longtime member of the SBA. She was once deputy chief of it. She's been brought back to run the organization uh, under the Biden administration. And uh, she's been grappling with a lot of issues. But this conversation I had with her was really about the future. Um, you know, what she sees as future financings as a model of a paycheck protection program and how she plans on increasing awareness of the SBA's services to, you know, to, to small businesses around the country, as well as uh, what the future plans are with the SBA. Will it be merged with the Commerce Department? Uh, will there be an expansion of SCORE and the Small Business Development Centers? You'll learn all about that when we're back in just a moment. I'll be speaking with Administrator Guzman. So, Administrator Guzman, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I'm glad that you're on as well. So let's get to all the questions that I have for you. Um, I actually, I want to start out with the, um, the Paycheck Protection Program. And the, the reason why I want to start out with it is that, um, you know, Administrator Guzman, it's, um, I, I found the program to be um, excellent and very successful. And I know that the SBA struggled with some issues, which really, for anybody monitoring this, are these issues are, are not to be a surprise considering the magnitude and size of the program. But I'm kind of curious as your thoughts as to what the future might be for the SBA and, and programs like this, you know, loan forgiveness programs. I found it to be somewhat innovative. And and I, you know, and I, I was wondering if if you have ever talked about it or thought that this could be a model for future help and financing for small businesses in the future. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, we found that uh, the PPP has made a big impact and everywhere um, I speak or travel, I've really heard directly from small businesses how critical it was. It gave them that moment of hope to know that they could still stay open um, or keep their employees on board or, or you know, pivot and adapt, whatever it was. It's just critical funding at, at a moment needed. Uh, and I, I was really proud that in 2021, uh, we've now really tried to focus on those businesses that were left behind, uh, you know, so not 96% of PPP loans went to small businesses with fewer than 20 employees, and we saw bumps in the, the outreach and, and uh, number of PPP loans with rural and LMI communities, low to moderate income communities. And I'm you know, really proud that uh, that we've been able to, to pivot and ensure that as many small businesses as possible could access those forgivable loans. Uh, and now we're moving to focus on the forgiveness part and making sure that our small businesses are able to complete that process. I think that as we look towards the future, uh, and, and even after we distribute the rest of the American Rescue Plan relief, um, that we need to make sure that we're transforming the way we operate. Businesses have changed dramat dramatically. The marketplaces are different. Uh, we're going to be looking at all of our programs um, completely and, and trying to uh, apply a customer-first approach, technology-forward approach, and an equitable approach to make sure that we're meeting businesses where they're at in their current situations uh, and, pro and provide products and services that can best help them grow and expand um, or rebuild and start up. Yeah, I always view the SBA as being that as well. I mean, you know, in the past, it's been you know positioned as a place for funding, a place for the guarantee of loans, you know, a place for uh, disaster assistance, which are all obviously very important stuff. But I, I always thought that the SBA um, was, as an organization, could be sort of like the, the customer service 
department of the U.S. government, you know? So as a business owner myself, if I'm having a tax issue, if I'm looking to do business with the government, if I'm having an issue with, uh, you know, again, you know, loans or, or, or things like that, you know, I call the SBA first because they're set up to say, all right, Gene, we're going to get you in touch with the right person to help you solve your problem. Do you, what are your thoughts on that in the future? Yeah, I mean, we definitely want to be that uh, entry point for all of our small businesses and help them navigate government. In fact, we're in the midst of launching uh, another American Rescue Plan uh, a program called the Community Navigators Pilot Program, where we're going to try to get even hyper, more hyper-local beyond our great field offices and our uh, wonderful resource partners are, that are around the country uh, to have local navigators help small businesses access the, access the resources we need. I mean, bottom line, we know that government can be hard to navigate. and We're trying to simplify process because our customers are the small businesses who have wear so many hats and have uh, so many responsibilities and need a team behind them. Uh, so I view the SBA as their team uh, here to support them across their capital needs or expanding in markets or just connecting to the right networks. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, um, you know, one of the biggest challenges that the SBA, I, I think, has is, is awareness as well. Um, you know, I, to, to give you an example, you know, Administrator Guzman, like we, you know, I have a lot of small and mid-sized companies that are clients of ours. Um, when I talk to them about, for example, the the loan forgiveness under Section 7A and 504 loans, you know that that was provided under the CARES Act, um, a lot of them are scratching their heads, like they didn't they didn't even realize that they're there, let alone the existence of those loans. Um, and then there's awareness of, you know, a lot of a lot of businesses in low to moderate income areas. I mean, there is there's so many opportunities available for them to get assistance and get funding, um, but of course they can't. You know, you're not going to go and you know, drop bags of money at their doorstep. Um, you know, these business owners have to step up if they know that it's there. And I guess my question is to you is over the next few years, what are your plans for increasing the awareness of what the SBA does? I think that really nails it because it's connection to those resources that is, is so often lacking and, and trust and having bridges built to uh, make businesses feel comfortable re- using a, a government program. Uh, I think that uh, it's actually one of the the silver linings for the SBA. I mean, we, we've you know we've scaled, of course, from a forty billion portfolio to now over a trillion dollars in uh, uh, with all of our relief programs. Uh, but also, what's scaled is the um, awareness. More people are in tune with the fact that small businesses drive our economies and how critical they are. Um, and as as well, uh, you know, the SBA is a little bit more known. We we're always the best kept secret in government, and we don't want to be that. <laughs> Uh, we want to be known. And so uh, I do think we need to leverage it, though. This is a, uh, a great moment for us to be able to better connect with communities and resources so that people know about the SBA and feel that we're approachable. Um, and that applies especially to the underserved communities, our uh, women, veterans, rural communities, as well as you know the people of color and other socially and economically disadvantaged. I think that... Um, you know, we've done uh, incredible outreach recently, for example, in our restaurant revitalization fund, and we had over half of the applications come in um, from uh, women and veterans and socially and economically disadvantaged individuals. So I think it's on us to really make an effort to reach our customers where they're at. All right. Let me move on to an- another topic of, of interest to me is, is SCORE and Small Business Development Centers. Um, Administrator, what what do you see as the future for SCORE and small business development centers? 
they've also been very entrepreneurial and have pivoted and adapted during COVID and um, have, have gone virtual and really expanded their services to, to meet small businesses' needs, really focusing um, you know, the small business development centers, of course, on, on core workforce needs, obviously employment and those resources for employees was really important. Or um, you know, they, they quickly pivoted and in California, I, I co-launched with them a, a digital boot camp series because small businesses were having to adopt e-commerce strategies. Uh, and so I think that uh, you know, SCORE has gone online and and really stepped up their uh, you know their connection to small businesses through those links. I think that uh, and our women's business centers as well, which yes. we've expanded recently, uh, you know, to 135. So we um, we really need to uh, better support and, and communicate and be transparent across our programs and, and use them better um, as the extension of the SBA, so that they can uh, you know be our experts on the ground. And they play a really important role because they're known local entities as well. I mean, so they're they're part of what um, you know, helps small businesses navigate government. So we need to build up their their um, you know their their information flow and their and their resources as well, so that they can better meet our small businesses. Yeah, I I have quite a few clients that really benefited a lot from the small business development centers in the Philly area. There's one at Temple. There used to be one at Wharton. Um, is, there, is there still a plan to keep these SBDCs affiliated with universities, or do you see them operating more independently? I think more and more they're going to have to uh, be creative as well about the partners that they uh, take on. And in California, I was really proud that uh, the state uh, matched the resource partner resources of the federal government across all centers, not just SBAs, but uh, Department of uh, Defense Procurement Centers or the MBDA Centers of Commerce. Um, but what I found the, the most successful ones doing were really partnering with local chambers and other organizations that are that are serving small businesses uh, as well, since entrepreneurship is such a, a critical issue now. And I think uh, those partnerships is really going to carry them outside of you know, university settings as well to just really uh, be more supportive of small businesses and community. So I think that you know, we'll continue to see those types of trends and, uh, and having those collaborations and partnerships because the ecosystem building as a whole um, is what's really important for our small businesses. They don't, they don't know any of our names or acronyms, <laughs> but uh, they just need to be able to connect to these networks and we should all be collaborative in those ecosystems. You know, SCORE recently just really a study just this this uh, week actually um, that found I think they 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 surveyed more than three thousand business owners around the country and they found that fifty one percent of them um, are run by people over the age of fifty five uh, that's me yeah. by the way so that's you know and these yeah. are, you know we represent like twenty one percent of the population you know and I think that's kind of you know we all get kind of lost in the uh, the romantic, you know, view of the startup with a small business owner, you know, Anne Hathaway running something in a loft in Brooklyn with Robert De Niro, uh, when really, you know, the majority of business owners in this country are, they're older and they're running, you know, mom and pop and family businesses. And uh, it, it, the study also said how a lot of these business owners, um, you know, they shied away from the government. They, you know, they financed themselves on their own or they went to their family or they went to their own resources. You know, the SBA can be such a resource for this giant population of business owners, what you know, what kind of a resource do you think it can be, and do you have any plans to do more with these this older generation of business owners? 
Yes, I mean, in fact, when I was previously uh, with the SBA, because I served as deputy chief of staff before, uh, we had a special relationship with the uh, with ARP just to try to make sure that we connected with Second Act uh, entrepreneurs as well uh, in their startup endeavors. But you know, in California, I spent a lot of time on this issue as well because we we also saw that you know with this with this population, we need to start thinking about um, as well their exit strategies, right. growth and exit strategies. This is their this is their not only their livelihood now, but their retirement into the future as well. I mean, it's how they're building wealth for their families, but also their communities. Uh, and so we were, you know, knew that it was important to layer on those types of service offerings as well. So our small business development centers, in particular, uh, you know, we're, we're we're training up on ESOPs and other types of alternatives for uh, for exit strategies, as we know that not everyone's going to successfully sell or hand down their business, and uh, we don't want those businesses to disappear either. So I really think that we do need to try to focus on on this community and, and help them grow and build and uh, and have something to sustain them as well uh, into retirement. So I think it's um, it's both. It's 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 growth now and then looking towards the future, make sure they have good exit strategies. Yeah, you mentioned exit strategies and that. I mean, it is a hot market right now for small company M&A. Um, you know, there's a large generation of baby boomers, particularly after the pandemic. They want to get the heck out of here. And play golf, <laughs> and so, you know. I mean, you've got, you know, you, and you do have a growing number of millennials. You know, they're older than a lot of people think, um, and they've been in the workforce for ten years or so, and looking to be entrepreneurs. And uh, so anyway, there's just I'm, I'm reading lots of reports and seeing that there there's a lot of activity in the M and A market. You know, one of the one of the obstacles for the SBA being involved in that because it seems like an opportunity. Um, is is internal talent at the SBA. I mean, you know, frankly, when I talk to my clients, and if even if they're aware of the SBA and they would want to reach out, you know, the perception is, you know, Administrator Guzman, that it's like, a, you know, oh, these are a bunch of bureaucrats, you know, or they're government employees. They they don't really understand, you know, how are they going to help me with a with a transaction like selling my business? You know, if I were to say that to you, or if one of my one of my clients were to say that to you, what? What would you respond to that? Well, I think my answer would have been different maybe if you asked me 10 years ago. But I, you know, I come from a small business family. I've started businesses. I've worked with lots of founders uh, in their ventures. And, uh, you know, when I uh, first joined the SBA, I was so impressed uh, with the, their mission focus. I mean, a lot of them either come from family businesses or own businesses uh, and uh, or just really passionate about economic development and know how much small businesses do and we're really um, you know captivated by that entrepreneurial man mindset um, and so I you know I actually have um, you know that's actually what drew me back as well uh, when President Biden offered me the opportunity uh, to to lead the SBA it's just uh, those mission driven uh, SBA employees especially those who are on the front line in our field offices and um, across our programs building with that small business in mind uh, so I think it's uh, you know I know wholeheartedly that there are some incredible, incredible people at the SBA. And I want the SBA to be sort of how people view NASA, right? Is yeah. That, yeah. Uh, that's what the SBA is for small business and entrepreneurship. You know, that's actually a really good analogy. I look at those, you know, the young people at NASA doing, you know, uh, and you're like, oh my God, you know, how does the government hire such smart, talented people? And I actually think that's, that, that's a fantastic objective to have. Um, so I'm glad to hear it. Okay, just a couple of more questions, and then you know I'll let you get back to some real work here. Um, first of all, there's always been conversation over the years about the SBA uh, being merged with the Commerce Department. Do you see that happening, and what are your thoughts on that? 
I have not heard that at all. And I think the SBA is a really unique entity. We're a small but agile agency and provide very targeted um, you know, programs for small businesses. So, uh, you know, I think that uh, we're well positioned uh, with our with our new scale and growth to continue to do that. And I know that uh, President Biden and Vice President Harris are, are truly committed to small businesses and equity and um, I look forward to SBA being at that table. Glad to hear it. Okay. And as, you know, as the chief of the SBA, which is what you are, you've taken on this job and, you know, let's make the, you know, the assumption and the hopeful assumption that you stick around for the next seven years in this position. Um, so you've you. got, a, you, you, I'm sure taking in this job and coming into it, you've got some long-term plans. So when you finally hang up your spikes and and you move on from the agency, what would you what would you like to have seen that you've accomplished with the SBA? Yeah, I mean, we know small businesses are those job creators, you know, two-thirds of net new jobs and half of the work, private workforce. Uh, you know, I think that uh, there's still much more opportunity to grow and, and contribute to our global dominance in the economy. And I think, uh, you know, uh, I really focus on opportunity gaps and capital gaps and resource gaps that exist because they hold our small businesses back from reaching their full potential. And I don't think it's a, a an issue of a, you know, a, of not having enough opportunities for growth. I think it's the barriers that uh, that hold people back. And so my goal would be to try to prevent, uh, you know, barriers from limiting our ideation and our entrepreneurship across the country to make sure that every corner uh, and every type of entrepreneur from all backgrounds have the opportunity to pursue their American dream, that dream of small business ownership and business ownership uh, and take it to the next level. Fair enough. And one final question, given the president's uh, enjoyment of ice cream, that doesn't mean you're going to discriminate towards ice cream businesses at the SBA, are you? Please say no. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. We're open. That's what's amazing about our programs is that we support everything from the science and tech-based innovative startups, you know, all the way through Main Street. And uh, we are open for helping all of them. Great dear. Administrator Guzman, thank you so much for joining me. I enjoyed the conversation. Hopefully I can speak to you in the future and see how you guys are coming along. And, and I really hope to see uh, my clients, you know, you know, becoming more aware of all the things that the SBA can do for them. So I wish you a lot of luck and success in doing that. Thank you so much. Thanks for your time as well. Administrator Isabel Guzman is uh, the chief of the Small Business Administration since earlier this year when she was confirmed. She was also formerly the deputy chief of the administration uh, you know, prior to, to holding this job. Uh, she will be with the administration, I am sure, for quite a long time. So I, I thank her for spending the time with us today. My name is Gene Marks. I hope you've enjoyed the conversation. If you need more tips or advice or tactics for running your small business, please join us. Uh, you know, go to paychecks.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. You can find all that information there as well as prior episodes of this podcast. So hope you enjoyed the conversation. We look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks. This podcast is property of Paychex Inc. 2021. All rights reserved.